Hi, everybody. Quantum Agriculture Podcast here. We're from Sinichera Rainforest Retreat in Kugel, New South Wales, Australia. And I'm sitting here with Alistair Jones, and we're going to talk about his farming techniques. And mostly I'm interested, Alistair, is about you, how you got into farming. And then we'll talk about your value-added products. So welcome, Alistair. Hello, Charlie. How are you? Um, well, I suppose I left school, got into agriculture, did the normal thing, went and did a farm-based apprenticeship and started doing farming and agriculture, and decided that um, the methods I was learning probably weren't going to work for us. Um, we were already um, valuating, um, and... Um, I saw that probably becoming organic or biodynamic seemed to make more sense and be probably a more sustainable way in the future. What do you grow? Um, we grow trout, lamb and beef. So we butcher um, and process everything we produce on our property and supply local restaurants as well as our own restaurant that we have on our property. Um, and yeah, we produce, we're putting, we're, Butchering 15 lamb and a, a, a beast every week, as well as about four to 500 trout. And every with, week? Yeah, along with making small woods and small, we smoke our own trout and try and I suppose that's, that's the next thing we're evaluating to making patties and all that sort of stuff, and all the way through to cooking and serving within our restaurant and our property. So, were, were your parents farmers? Um, yeah, I'm third generation. Really? Yeah. Also sheep? Yeah, sheep and cattle. And uh, trout was something that came along in the mid-80s. So I've sort of grown up with that. And um, yeah, one as of probably last year, we've really, um, learned how to grow trout without any chemicals, which is... Well done. I think I'm here, but we'll just see how we go. Can you get organic trout? Not, not generally, because most... Um, Trout, uh, people are also heavily on, um, on, um, what do you call it? Antibiotics to, to, yeah. to grow trout because they don't understand water health and those sort of things. So it's, I suppose it's your typical thing that's conventional where you treat the symptoms yeah. rather than, you know, trying to prevent things and mm -hmm. grow healthy, you know, uh, nutrient dense. Uh, animals with, yeah, yeah. Who catches the trout? All of them. Big nets. Big nets. All of them. <laughs> full of fish, big nets, greater. When you say all of us, is it you and your dad and... Mum, um, we've got one full-time staff member and probably ten or a dozen casual we call on from time to time. That's mostly just family and one, one full-time staff, so staff will help in our restaurant. Um, on weekends and things like when we're busy. Um, we've got a full-time guy who does a lot of maintenance and, and works on the farm, and he's doing a butchering there. Um, um, and yeah, just might bring casual labour whenever we've got heavy workloads. But apart from that, most of the rest was mum, the dad and myself. So. How many acres? 1,200. 1,200? 1, yeah. Was that the original farm? That was the original farm, yeah. Yeah, you're, it's so great talking with you because 
you know, one of the questions I ask farmers is, who's going to take over your operation? Yeah. And you're already taking over the operation. Mm. You know, it's well, just... I, think, I think in agriculture, the hard thing is that there's not a lot of... Well, people can't see the future in, in what they're doing. Like, it's a, it's a struggle as it is, and if you can go where you have, um, you know, you, you must, you know, you, you're a price, um, you set your own price. And um, if you're producing quality, uh, I mean, that's what we found with aquaculture. Um, we think the market price for trout at the moment is $6.90, and we're getting it for $16.50. So, $16.50? Yeah. Because you smoke it? No, it's just fresh, but it's a good product. Yeah. So... Do you package it? Do you smoke it and then package it and sell it and... So I think smoke trout are about $34 a kilo. It's, um, yeah, and then we, we, we cry back and do that sort of stuff. Um, but because it is a better product, people are willing to pay for it. Yes. So, and more and more is... Um, Food shows on TV and cooking shows on TV and things like that. People are chasing a quality product, and, then, and, and, and in society, that the consumers now willing to pay for quality. Yeah. And more and more, you're seeing where they'd rather pay twice as much for a good record than everyone half as much for crap money. And people, um, yeah, people really don't care about the price if they know what they're getting. I remember when you first started, well, he had to help start a market just to sell his, his organic biodynamic produce, and his was always more expensive. And the way he said, well, here, taste it. And, well, then, and they were right back the next week buying. Yeah. Mm. Well, we, had a, we had a food and wine dinner. We had three of the best wineries, and oh, what I think is probably three or four really top chefs out of Victoria cooking. There's four or four really top chefs out of Victoria cooking. And, uh, um, I had a lady walk up and she said, I haven't eaten meat for 15 minutes. And she said, but I ate the lamb. And she said, well, it's amazing. It was, you know, what I remember the meat being. If, if I was going to, if I'm going to eat meat, that's the meat I'm going to eat. And, um... You get a master chef out to y'all's restaurant. Well, um, just just working with good people. But, um, we had a, a dinner um, a couple of months ago where um, it was for young farmers, so it was all my peers and all the local farmers. Everyone, probably everyone there grew fat lambs, and every oh, probably thirty or forty people came up and congratulated me how good the lamb was, and a few of them even had to buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. over their own so it's a good sign of what we're doing working. so could you tell me a little bit about young farmers well, I'm, of course this is one of my passions so um, how do you interest farm? are these people do you find young farmers are always children of farmers or do you see people coming into farming and people no, the, the group I'm involved in was Victorian Young Farmers, so that was, that's been around since 1946, I think. Um, and it got up to having about 6,000 members. Um, and probably there's, yeah, I mean, you know, communities and agriculture died off, the numbers died off. And the Labor government decided that it was a breeding ground for the National Party, so they cut funding to it. And three years ago, 
it was down to about three or four clubs that didn't communicate, so we thought we needed a state office. And um, they brought that up. Oh, well, the, the current Victorian government gave us four hundred thousand dollars over four years. So and then that's your young farmers association. That, that group, and I think we started off with six members. Four years ago, we up to about one hundred and sixty. We had two clubs, and up to twelve. Uh, so it's going pretty quickly. What's the ages? Um, it's 16 to 30. Well, really? Um, but the thing with young farmers is their slogan is you don't have to be one to be one. So it's just a lot more than people in their community. Um, and it's a social club and it's an apolitical club. But the thing is, yeah, there's not really, there's not enough young people that have social networks. So that's why I think it's important to try and bring, you know, especially in, in further north, you get with people less densely populated. To bring people together to have that social network and, uh, and get people off the farm and get them out, you know, socialising and doing things. And uh-huh. Not just going to the pub and having a beer, but even going into the side of um, development and things like that. So we're working with the Future Farmers Network and things like that where there's funding for study trips and all those sort of things. So, I mean, even this course, I think. Mum through the piece paid out, but I think I got prison by prison. I think they got offered me five thousand dollars for the courses. Really? So oh, thought, well, we'll start charging more for the quantum agriculture advanced course. <laughs> I didn't look into it, but I think I could have got this for free. But I had a well, you might get reimbursed. Well, I'll, I'll get another one this year, so I'll let you know. Yeah. But um, the future. Oh, you can bring two or three young farmers in. Well, I don't know. But yeah. It'd be good. Yeah. Uh, it'd be good if you could have open-minded enough young people that would come and would enjoy it. But yeah. it's bloody hard. Are are most of these young farmers are are people that are grown up in farming, or are you attracting people that have never farmed before? It's just a. I suppose it's just youth out of your community. So we're pretty active really? at just getting anybody who's under the age of thirty to sign up, and we just. Do things to raise money, and um, like the state, we launched the blood drive this year, so we're going to have a have a run an annual blood drive. It's just it's just getting people out there, and um, you know, it's, as well as a social thing, it's a it, 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 it's building people's skills and life skills, and getting people out there, and the development of youth and do you, real youth in Victoria. So it's not. Do it's you not actually so do they farmers. educate? I mean, young farmers. Is it anything about education, or is it just There's, social? There's lots of study trips and really? they're offering trips overseas. There was, it did come up this year where there were trips to Canada and New Zealand, but at a state that we didn't go on the last week enough, but we've got a really good state executive issue, so we'll see how it goes. Oh, yeah. A lot of dairy in, in Victoria. We do. Yeah. We do. So, so. Um, we've got a couple of sort of dairy centred clubs in Gippsland and one in Carlock and one in Camperdown. Yeah. So, it's, it's and one in uh, um, No, Nathalia. They're all uh, they're all tickles. If we if we don't, you know, I think people worry about chemical agriculture as being the worst problem in agriculture, and I think it's the lack of farmers. I think that the lack of young farmers coming into it um, is kind of scary. It is, <laughs> but I think the problem is it's hard to say. If I was conventionally farming on our farm without valuating, I wouldn't be working on our farm. Yeah. And 
You so how did the value added start? Um, Dad didn't like the way farming was heading, so we thought I'll put in a trout farm and I'll see if I can double our income, which was, I think he was making about $700 a week and just 1200 acres, and we thought if I can double that, that would be pretty good. And um, he had a trout farm, probably came and brought fish, caught fish, and he doubled his own. Oh, a truck oh out so of, it was fish your own. A trout farm, and they'd catch a trout and clean, and they'd go home. And then people wanted them cooked, so they basically set up a fairly agricultural kitchen and started cooking trout for people. And then... Um, How old were you? Oh, I was born. Dad's, Dad started in 1984, so I think the day I was born, Dad left after I was born and went to the street side of trout. So I lived the whole way through it. Um, and then he was delivering a few trout for Dalesford and all the hotels were flat out. Like he'd go mm-hmm. over and they'd be all cooked out and say, well, look, have you got anyone that wants to go fishing here some breaks? And he got a bit sick of that, so he built, started building cottages and over 10 years he built seven Bluestone cottages. Um, and during that stage he sold all his land one year and got $20,000 for it and he thought, well, that's pretty crappy and that's such your only income out of your lambs for the year. So he thought, well, I'll start. He went to two or three restaurants and he said, I'm going to kill some of my own lambs, you're going to buy them. So he started butchering his own lamb. And I think it's just sort of grown from there and all of a sudden now, you know, 27 years on, all this stuff's bogus. It's all cool and it's hip and yeah. it's, it's, the, it's what mm-hmm. everyone wants to be into. And, and the city actually is starting to care about it where in 1980, even, even, even 10 years ago, eight years ago, people didn't care about food. They didn't care about the quality of it. They didn't care about the taste of it. Um, there might have been 5% that cared. And, and now, I'd say it's 20, 25%. And yep. it's growing at a rapid rate. Yeah, I've noticed at the farming conventions that we go to, which are all alternative farming, in the States, it's being consumer-driven. Mm. Now, I mean, in fact, the conventions are trying to bring more, I think it's missing something because they're not so interested in bringing the farmers in as they're bringing the consumers in. Mm. But no consumers, no market, you know. Well, probably the best thing for us is we've always been pushed by our customers. So we've killed 15 lambs in a sphere between 23 years from um, you know, that's every work. And we've made, you know, 40 to 120 kilos of sausages and smoke, basically 120 kilos. Everywhere. Now it's getting to the stage where it's like, well, we could do 25 lambs and 30 lambs and two bodies, or 60 lambs and two bodies. And that itself. Yep. And then if you want to go a little bit broader, you probably go. What's home. your brand name? Tuki, Tuki cover. Oh, Tuki. What does it mean? Uh, it's just our, our wool, so. Dad had the biggest two-girl stud in the Southern Hemisphere, right? Which were sort of like the alpaca or ostrich of their day. Uh-huh. And um, when he started a trout farm, he just called it Tuki because he liked his sheep so much. Uh-huh. So it's just always been that. And it, it's, it's, it's sort of stuck and it's fairly well known. It's well publicised. How it. many meals do your restaurant serve in a week? Um, you know, probably two, a couple hundred. Does anybody sleep in your house? 
Well, it's pretty well. Done. I mean, I know it sounds like this was flat out work. Hmm. No, yeah, it's also about organisation. So you've got to have structure and you've got to be organised, and people have to know their job, and you have to know. Um, well, there's a lot of farmers. I work for a lot of farmers. They, a lot of like stuff, we hand a hell of a lot. And if you've got to achieve stuff, you've got to be organised, and it's amazing that you get done. So, what's the biggest challenge that you have? As a farmer, <clears throat> um, probably going forward would be red tape. I find that probably one of the most challenging parts of the Um Being able to keep up supply in a, and keeping your ethics is probably another big challenge. And good stuff. If I could have. If I could do what Joel Slatton does and employ people for 200 dollars a week that were good, I'd have 50 white people in Cornwall producing 25 years. Mm-hmm. But it is, and it, it's, it's across the board in Australia, it's, we're, we're over-regulated and I think the people we employ want, not that they want way too much, but it's hard to find anybody who gives a damn about what they do. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest challenges of telling, of telling good, reliable stuff. Um, and you've got to have people that are invested in your product, product because you are aiming at that top level, so you have to have people who want to produce that top level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then it's probably, probably now. What happens when your father retires? Um, Trying to find good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably implement, continue to implement better systems. Like the more, I think the more systems we can put in place. Like I'm actually not scared of the paperwork side of it. Um, It's more the, 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 just the auditing and stuff that has to be done. Um, Are you certified organic? No. And there's still a lot of or, it's still a lot of auditing. Well, processing is mate. Ah. Health, um, say between running a commercial kitchen, running a commercial butchery, um, and all those sort of things. There's a lot of paperwork. You know, smoking products brings another thing. Making small goods brings in another sort of it. Um, you've got the MLA. You've got um, fisheries. Um, all this stuff, all this stuff before, and it goes against the grain of everything they say. So we don't use antibiotics, so we'll do fishing and that. So when you look at what goes on in America with creating things with ammonia, like we're going to get to that stage where you can't produce a good product because the processing destroys your product. Hmm. So that's that's the problem. And then you can't kill your own stocks. It goes to abattoir, they come back through. They hack into bits because there's no apparent reason. They mix your stock up. So, you know, you get 15 lambs back that aren't yours. You'll get lambs hacked to pieces that aren't yours. So they, they, they have high dadders or something through their sheep or they'll have um, grass seed through, through the fat so that, that's contaminated. And then they'll swap the merino for, for one of their Wow, it's almost lambs. like you have to be on site to watch these abattoirs. Well, you've got to ring them up and say, hang on a second. 
Yeah. Oh, plenty, plenty of good arguments with her in the battlefield. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's just, and, and you don't fit that mold. So, like, even our, the avatar we use, they they don't want any small people. Meaning? They don't want. To, they only want if you've got a hundred or hundred and fifty land to work out the process. That's where they're heading. So that's why I see with what we're doing, you've got to get to that economy of scale, and then you head down the line of every other business where you have a boning room with a chain of people. You have. Um, you have processing procedures for people that come in, so you employ, instead of having people that are passionate or care about it, you employ idiots to do the job. Which isn't, I suppose, the direction we're heading, but you know, if, if, it comes, if push comes to shove, yeah. you, either, you either decrease the size of your business to the point where you might have to get out, yeah. or you increase to the point where you just have to put systems in place and if you, your staff just become a number there. Yeah, you have to increase it enough so your parents can retire and you can have a child or two. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's... I have six kids in that. <laughs> <laughs> An old model. <laughs> used to work. Yeah, used to work. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, that's... But at the, even at this level, we, we still have the same... Problems as every other business. It's just that you're having a different approach. But this makes life a lot simpler. Yeah. Um, do you live at it, home, or do you no. have your own house? Or? No, I still live at home. Um, not very often, but I'm still there. So, um, well, probably going to be home for three months a year. Now. Really? It's just working on all contact and things like that. Yeah. So I, I remembering now, you also run a business outside of the farm. Hmm. That's amazing. But it, look, with with the systems we've put in place, the way we've changed things with um, all the courses I've done, especially with your, your help and his help, things become simpler. So, you know, it's using mag hydroxide and all that pond to, to help our aerobic breakdown. That's got rid of nearly all their disease problems in our trout. Increased our stocking rate, we've changed our aeration system, and now we've got really a, 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 an easy care aquaculture setup, which oh, used to be, you know, a lot of the times through summer, you just tear your hair out trying to work it out. We're one of the hottest summers last year, we've hardly had a grow. Um, feeding our stock a lot of them, we don't have worm problems, we don't have wash problems, we don't oh. have that. You just have systems, so things are things are happening every day, and then you don't have the catastrophes and the dramas. You just everything's well planned out. You stock are healthy, and you're not getting into those troubles. You know, you're not having to go. Oh, you know, now I've got lost. What am I going to do? And then you got to get a contractor in, or then you got to dip all your stock. So there's boom, you're two days flat out doing that. Um, you don't have to drench your shirt. I don't have a worm bird. My sheep don't scare. They're healthy. I don't have to do... I've done fake weed counts and I don't need to because my stock are healthy. Um, are you on a soil management, soil improvement program? Or no. Yeah, this year we put out 280 tonnes of oil this year, which was one and stuff like phosphate and humor. Um, oh, you're doing humates. Well, that's good. Well, that was through Peter Hinkley, which... Quite lots in back as well. Um, I work pretty tight, I talk to Peter all the time, I've worked with him every couple of weeks. 
And he's all the in the audience. He came up with the Magpie Doctor on audio for a trio. Great. If it works, um, eh? How many years have you been doing that? Just for the first year. I think it I like what Dennis Klochek was talking about. Well, you do this, and then you find out two years from now what the result was. Yeah. That's the thing about agriculture. That's the hard thing, too. It's, um, and there's so many people who want to tell you that this works and that works and use more product and use more system. And then you go and use their system. A lot of guys sell me a product once. Um, $30 a kilo for a highly soluble calcium powder. And I said, oh, right, and I had um, swept tests and they had a little bit of calcium. So I thought I'll put it out at a reasonably heavy rate and I should get a result. I got $300 for 10 kilos and I put it out on my head to get my result. But how many products do you have to go through? How many times do you have to try that? And a lot of that with you, System A, gives you the idea of, of how, how it will work and what will work. And then he says, well, if it was me, I'd use this product, but you can probably use anything you want. I know. We're, we're poor, but we don't, well, we do now sell a product, the Ecology Actor Mayor, yeah. the homeopathic biodynamic. Yeah. But we do that just to serve big farms, but we don't sell product. And almost everybody we know who does soil testing and everything, they're only doing it to sell, to product. sell product. And then their, their whole, I believe, their whole interpretation is skewed. To sell product. To sell product. And that's so sad to me, you know. I think, I mean, I, I, I really love Hugh for that, and then he keeps that integrity about, you know. I mean, even the field broadcasters, we don't sell. You know, we might mention them on our website or you. Don't, don't, don't you make them? Yes, we make them, but I mean, we're not out there pressing it to sell. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, people, you know, to be unnamed. We have companies that they teach to sell. That's all they're doing. And at the end of this lecture, you'll have an opportunity to drop a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, Acres Acres USA. I love that convention. I, I mean, I think everybody should go to one just to experience farmers that are so dedicated to doing organic and and I've watched people drop a hundred thousand dollars in a in an Acres conference. What buying product? Really? Just buying product. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so. Well, look, I don't think I don't actually think. I think that's a sad part of it. We there's a lot of companies out there that are just well buying my product. It's fantastic. But I actually think we're from a time that once everyone works out what's going on, all the stuff that we buying is worth. It's like soft rock phosphate. You buy that for a margin because he's not making a fortune in it. But it's like some people's human rights. So people are telling me that their human rights are worth 50, 60 dollars a kilo. And you go, well, come on, mate. You know, what's the difference to this other black stuff? Yeah. It's worth, you know, 10 or 5. Like that, and you cross it or buy it for Well, yeah. remember I told you a little story about somebody that was distributing humans that were from China and they were doing harm. Yeah. Not good. Well, you get like you get you get paid and stuff, and I'd say that's just a raw product, and he doesn't make it using any money. Right? It's just a good product. Yeah. And all intents and purposes, I you started using this stuff ten years ago, and I should have stayed with stay with it because it actually does work. It's just that you use his product, and then someone says, "No, use mine," and then you use theirs, and you go, well, 
And then you get all skewed and you go, well, what direction am I going to go? And the stuff I was working at the start, I was happy with, but this said, this bloke said, no, he's his crap. And then he's bright and worked that well on there, I'm not sure. <laughs> and then you go off on another tangent and another way of thinking. And, but I'm really happy where I'm here. Look out of these courses I've got there and I actually say, well, this is more I'm going to be next year. And then I'll come back and I'll pick up a little bit more stuff. And then I'll go and then you develop it further and further. And hopefully in about 15 years' time, I can sit there and I'll have a reasonably good grasp. Hopefully, it's very good grasp for the 15 years' time. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Get Dennis's, DV, Dennis's um, DVDs going in the tractor and get. Um, oh, yeah. And his, you know. Yeah. Well, well, I'm in our basic class. We will get more, more well, MP3s audio, out. Why now? You've got an audio disc with your record. Yeah. You don't go to our website, do you? Yeah. Quantumagriculture.com. <laughs> Lectures. <laughs> oh, Chop. Can you do them as podcast? With podcasts? Um, no, but you can buy MP3s for like $10 each from our website. Oh, right. Yep. I'll put them in the chat. Yeah. I mean, that's why we did it. That was my idea. Because you know, the video cost us so much money, we'll never get the money back from that. What it cost us to edit it and all that jazz. What? <laughs> Won't happen. But we're here to educate, you know, and we're about contributing. We're committed. And I said, you know, farmers are in their tractors all the time. They're in the youths all the time. Trucks for the Americans to understand what a youth is. And then, um, so the MP3. It's Pickups. excellent. Pickups. 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 <laughs> yeah, MP3s. That's, yep. Yeah. So uh, cheap, easy, and listening. Because, I mean, I, I said to Hugh, yeah, we've got these great videos we spent so much money on, but I know what people are going to do. They're going to come home, lie down in their lounge, and go to sleep <laughs> watching it because they're wiped out. But I bet everybody in this course listens to the MP3. So play the sleep, not it? Yeah. Hugh's David Lewis. That's what they say about the agriculture lecture. Yeah. Until I found out I could download them from Rudolf Steiner Audio. I reckon that would be good in the track for that. Yeah, I'm going, it is. I'm going to download Rudolf Steiner. Yeah, I've learned. Because um, I said, I said to Arne and I said, it's amazing that all this neighbors see me radio, which is just like a documentary radio. So. And it's amazing the amount of stuff at the end of the day that you sit there and three weeks later you were good to take your stuff your head on the radio and all you sit yeah. on the track. Oh, well, you can just have him in the background. And that's stuff too when you're tired because you're actually listening to it takes you away. So, bring it on. Might even lend it to a few of these big events and crappies and say, listen to this and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the best testimony is when people drive by your farm and notice the difference. Yeah. I mean, so many people, clients of Hughes, that's what's happened. So yeah. the worst thing is I'll just tell them to put them through and tell them you realize for you and you go, really? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, people are using the biodynamic preps with your real. Really? Yeah. So they haven't quite got it yet, though. I, you know, you can't be against something. No. Because so much of biodynamics, it's about the energy patterns. Well, if you chelate it, it's probably not a problem. No, I think, you know, I mean, even like our um, homeopathic uh, biodynamic preps, that the Dairy Business Center is putting it into their soil drench with urea. Yeah. And it's working. Yeah. You know, and these are farmers that would have never, ever had a chance to put those preps down. 
You know, it's just too much work, too hard, too expensive, blah, blah, blah. But with ours, it's cheap. And, and they mix it with urea, and it works. And, um, and actually, Glenn Atkinson was the one that turned me on to that. Yeah. You know? And, oh, it's wonderful. You know? And then, yeah, very good. And uh, it's just a, I was really, really keen to manage his products, but when it comes to $50 a liter, it just, we couldn't, nobody could afford it. Look, I would have brought them, but yeah. um, probably using magnol hydroxide and stuff, so it's been just as good. It's all right. We, <laughs> I, I choose not to edit this tape, so we'll just talk on another topic. No, that's all right. Well, I really want to thank you. This no, is no, no. um, this is great. I really am inspired by you and your family and your future, mm. and your commitment you. to young farmers. I love that. I keep me at the end of this year. What? The oh, the that's year. right. You're going to be an old man. And I'll end the next year. I'll be done. Yeah. But anyway, I think, you know, we've got to do something to get young people into... Um, well, any suggestions? Well, try and make a social network for them. I mean, if you've got someone to go and have a beer with or a chat with or whatever, well, yeah. it gives you a reason to hang around. You're not going to hang around for all the money in the world, but you'll hang around if you've got a good group of mates around you. Yeah. So... Then you got somebody to compare notes with. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got mates all over Australia, over all over Victoria, and all over Australia, you, you know, I suppose you go one way to, to find people who relate with and this sort of stuff, but um, even in our area, which is an incredibly profitable, you know, potato growing area, everyone's lots of fun. Yeah. There's, out of probably 30 or 40 guys that would go, they were going to come in and run the farm and grow spuds, there might be um, one, two, I think there's three or four left between the ages of 18 and 40. Maybe five or six. I know. And well, I think what's happened, like, why the Dairy Business Center has brought Hugh in to um, do their soil and recommendations, and is because these dairy farmers were in so much debt, and if their farm failed them, which it would because of overgrazing, they lose. They're being millions of dollars in debt, and and so they realize they have to bring their soil back to biological active soil. Or when we're living this Northern Rivers region, this was all dairies. Everything here was dairy. It's not about them going. The soil will not maintain dairy herbs. They've overgrazed so badly. That's why when I talk to Hugh, I mean, I talk about Hugh's work, I say, read our article, or his article, Kim, on um, boron and overgrazing. Because then you suddenly get a little glimpse of, oh, I could really wipe my farm out by putting too much cattle on it. And so, you know, so starting from there, it's the only way out because it's everywhere. And, you know, but anyway, I want to thank Alistair Jones for joining us here tonight and um, having a nice beer together and this great chat. Thanks for your commitment. Alistair. All right, thanks, Shelby. Oh, you're out of here, huh? Uh, wait, well, I have to do something. How do I stop?